Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. There I am. <laughs> you see, I had the mic on mute for some reason. I don't know why. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to everyone. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, liberation, and empowerment. We're here to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and to help you, our listeners, to empower you, our listeners, as we try to do every time we get on this the air to empower you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There's always something to do somewhere. You can do to, to be on the show. You can call. Yeah, you can call the number, 347-237-5230. That is the number. That is the number. I had to look at it again. I have not had my ADHD medicine. I have not had coffee. I'm just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's Wednesday. Okay, I'll get together. I'll get it together. Okay, I'll get it together. Uh, 347-237-5230. That's the number to call to get your thoughts, insights. Uh, two cents, four cents, six cents, a dollar in. Uh, the dialogue, to share your commentary. But there's also the other way. The chat room is open, so you can go to the chat room, and you can share your thoughts there also. Uh, send me an email at pastlorenzoneal at gmail.com. Uh, uh, tweet. We're on Twitter. If you want to do it on the show, is at Zero Radio, or me personally is at Prophesy. Also, uh, visit the Facebook page, uh, Zero Network on Facebook. And if I missed anything else, oh well, blame it on my head. <laughs> but uh, we're glad to be here this morning. This post Martin Luther King Day weekend, uh, day holiday, uh, Wednesday, not Wednesday, weekend, Wednesday. I'm going to eventually get together. Um, I got a lot lined up. I have a guest that will be coming on shortly before we get into the topic of the day. Uh, I'm very excited to have someone here on the air who's going to be sharing uh, some very pertinent information with us. 
about how we can protect ourselves, protect our identity, so forth and so on. And um, got a very interesting topic. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been I've been dealing with this uh, I, about accountability, character accountability, behavioral accountability, accountability. <laughs> Man, what is wrong with me this morning? Uh, uh, within the church, and why is it that we are letting our leaders live live loose lives, careless lives, and yeah. Why are we allowing it to happen? And why are we not demanding uh, better character in our in our leaders? And not just not in just you know not just the the stuff that we see, but you know fiscal and all that other stuff. We'll we'll talk about that later. You know, I, I, there's a lot to be talking about. Eight years ago today, uh, President Barack Obama was inaugurated as the 44th president of the United States of America eight years ago. Well, seven years ago, technically, seven years ago. Uh, eight years ago, he was elected. And today, seven years ago, he was inaugurated as the first black president of the United States of America. And, you know, we, we reflect on this, these seven years that he served as president. And I can tell you, I have not agreed with a lot of what he has done as president, a lot of the things that he pushed, uh, a lot of the policies that he endorsed, and uh, a lot of the friction that the parties, both parties created because of his leadership. You know, it wasn't him, but, you know, he had these mad white people and that's just reality. Some of them were just mad. Some happened to be in the Tea Party. Others happened to be, you know, Democrats who just, you know, shifted thoughts because it was a person of color in the office. And you just have to be real about that. And while I have not agreed with everything um, that he has put in place or has is promoted as president, one thing I can say, and I greatly admire about this president, this and this president has been the only president in current history, current history, I'm talking about since I've been able to vote and been able to understand politics, who has been scandal-free, who has not only carried himself with integrity, but in spite of all the grave injustices done, uh, maybe injustice is a great bad word, but it's sensitive things. Images, comments made about him, his wife, and his children. This man, this president, has stood the test of time by walking in integrity. This man is probably one of the coolest dudes I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and if he does get angry, he does a wonderful job of of not letting it overtake him. And I, I have to applaud him for that. I have to applaud him for that. This man has walked in integrity and he has restored integrity to the office of presidency. And you don't have to like it. You know, I know where I stand politically and I know it conflicts with what most people believe, uh, you know, who are, uh, who affirm some of my, my ideals uh, would say, but who, who cares? <laughs> he and Michelle have restored they they have brought back this idea of Camelot for America, you know. 
Uh, Michelle has always been one who is well-dressed and beautiful. And even when people are calling him a closet homosexual and calling her a trans transsexual and even went so far as attacking the children, they have displayed the grace of African-American people. They have displayed the heart of a people who have been oppressed and had to carry their heads high in the midst of that. So I, I wanted to take this point of liberty to celebrate our president, uh, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama, in his lame duck and uh, just observing that this will be his last year. Uh, it's a good thing. Anyway, so, uh, so uh, do something to celebrate uh, President Obama. He might go back and make me a little upset later on, but hey, I'm going to give him his flowers while <laughs> I'm gonna give them his flowers while I'll give them their flowers while they live, and I do hope that they can have a very prosperous life outside of the presidency. He probably get his riches to cleanse. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all right, all right. I digress. I have a very special guest who is going to be uh, who is on the line, and I'm I'm excited because I'm I'm deferring most of what I wanted to say uh, because I think this is very important. Um, when we talk about our privacy, and we know that every we know somebody who has been a victim of identity theft, who has been a victim of fraud of some some kind, we every last one of us knows someone like that. And I have on the line, Mr. Wright. Are you are you on the line yet? I am, sir. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. I am doing well. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Or well, good afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Neil. I thank you as well, sir. And uh, it's, uh, we're bracing here in the uh, Northeast, uh, well, actually in the Mid-Atlantic, uh, pretty big snow hit us with about a couple of feet of snow uh, up here in the Mid-Atlantic. And I live in Maryland, so I'm, I'm excited and getting prepared for what's going to happen. Yeah, and I ain't mad at y'all because guess what? We ain't got it. <laughs> I know, I know you guys are going to be fortunate down, this come time. Come down to the south and you'll see <laughs> <laughs> You'll be wearing, ready to wear your shorts all year, just about. Yep, I've been down in, into the uh, Louisiana area and really love it down there. You just guys just have a lot of that heat is kind of different than it is up here. So um, uh, I like <laughs> it up here a little bit where I get a, a little bit of all the seasons. All right, yeah, well, you know, it's Mardi Gras season. We don't care. It's yes, Mardi sir. Gras season. It's parade season. That's all that matters. This weekend, yes. next weekend, all the way up until Ash Wednesday, Mardi Gras Tuesday, we're going to be. Yeah. Wonderful. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, Ms. Wright, tell me, uh, I'm, again, I'm glad that you uh, took the time out to uh, share with us on the show. And you are a representative of Legal Shield. And I want you to take a few moments to tell uh, my listeners what Legal Shield is all about. Thank you very much, uh, Pastor Neil. Um, first of all, I want to thank the connection between one of my uh, business partners, Ms. Nicole Anthony, who connected me to you. And uh, I want to thank you for having a platform every day, to, uh, uh, weekly, to allow people to hear great information. And so uh, I actually represent a company called Legal Shield. And what we are, uh, we provide access to uh, all North Americans who don't make a million dollars a year and can afford three, four hundred dollar an hour attorneys access to what their alien rights are, which are 
access to justice, no matter race, color, creed. Uh, you just have to be able to afford it. And Legal Shield provides that affordability to most people to be able to pick up the phone for daily, you know, regular things that they deal with in their normal life and don't have to pay the normal hourly cost for that. And we also do identity theft protection. Obviously, it's a incredible uh, crime right now, and a lot of people sometimes in, in the African-American community thinks about credit only. And I'm here to tell you people are taking tax return checks and people's government benefits and things of that nature. So we need to arm ourselves as a community uh, to be able to have access to justice, meaning picking up the phone when we got a problem, get proper guidance on how to deal with the situation, or uh, we need a letter written on our behalf to get a benefit that we're deserving of. If somebody owes us money or the mechanic didn't fix the car, Walmart didn't honor something, we can now have our attorney write that letter, being able to get our uh, contracts reviewed. We're signing things we shouldn't. Why not have someone look over it just like they would for Oprah Donald Trump? And one of the real things to my heart, and it really plagues the African-American community that Legal Shield really helps people with, Pastor, is this, the last will and testament. We all know we have a divine date with destiny when we go meet our maker. And some, we need to be prepared for that. And it's not about the will being for us. It's for the people we leave behind. And as African-Americans in this day and time, we have more assets, more bank accounts, more financial wherewithal, than we've ever had in history. And we're losing 40% of it because 90% of the African-American population does not have a last will and testament to dictate what happens with what they leave behind. And so Wait, legal shows they able to help people be able to do that. Let me – did you just – I, I want to make sure I heard you right. You mean that all – like all, all the money that we save up, all the money that we have – when we die, the government gets most of it because we never left a will or last testament or anything like that. And I, now, you know, I've always seen families go crazy after funerals. Absolutely. Yeah, and, 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 you know, always trying to figure out who has what and who gets what. Or, mm-hmm. And it just creates a mess. So, 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 so Legal Shield provides that kind of service for us, right? Absolutely, and uh, provides it for any person in North America, even in Canada or the United States, to include. Uh, the only state we don't have the actual legal plan is uh, is Alaska currently. However, all the other 49 states, uh, anybody can actually get a plan with Legal Shield, be able to have a law firm in their state that is a top 15 law firm. It's who they'd be contacting for all the issues that they, them or their family would ever have. They pay a small monthly fee for access to that. Oh, cool. Now, now you you told what Legal Shield does, but give us a history. Mm-hmm. How did this come about? How did the how did Legal Shield as a as a as a company come about? And um, what what what's been the success rate, if there is any that you can you know what are, what are the facts? What are the schematics? What are what what you know? What, what are I, the, I can surely you know. give you that. Okay, right. well, the company's been around 43 years, so we're not a company that just started yesterday and trying to figure this out. We have actually already protect. we're currently protecting 1.5 million families in North America willingly on a monthly basis subscribe to Legal Shield to protect their families every day. 34,000 companies offer this as an employee benefit to their employees to have access to this. So people are getting it. Uh, the company was started by a gentleman named Harlan Stonecipher in Ada, Oklahoma. 
he was a regular guy, just like most people. He was an insurance salesman part-time uh, and actually was a school teacher. Had a, uh, he was of nominal means. He didn't have a lot of money. He had a wife and kids. Had a car accident where a lady crossed the double line, ran into his car, and totaled it. He's hurt. She sues him because she was wealthy, and he had to come out of his own savings to pay an attorney to represent him for something he didn't do. So he walked around, he looked around North America to try to find a program where he could pay in advance, just like he would for his car insurance, home insurance, medical, so that if this happened again, he could actually have somebody to help him with that and it wouldn't bankrupt him. Didn't exist, so he created uh, a company called Prepaid Legal, which now became Legal Shield uh, here about six years ago uh, when it was bought by uh, an equity company that's actually helped large companies like Jenny Craig become well-known name-branded companies. So, so that's, is, our, is that's, it like, that's pretty much our story. Mm-hmm. Is, is it like a uh, mutual uh, like mutual brotherhood or something like that where you – that you, you know, pay into something and eventually, hopefully, reap the benefits of it? Or is it like a um, uh, partnership or uh, can you, like, purchase a membership? I can describe membership? the relationship. Yeah, I can yeah. describe the relationship and how that works. See, if a person will be interested in having access, the services can cover you, your spouse, your, all your children to the 26th birthday, thanks to President Obama with the Obamacare extending uh kids to be able to be covered under their medical insurance. We took suit with that as well. So the entire family can actually enroll for membership. The membership's immediate. We even take care of pre-existing conditions. So folks will say, well, I, I need, I had a problem last week with a vendor. I need to deal with that. You actually can enroll for the service today, pick up the phone tomorrow and be able to get help from an attorney to help get that problem resolved or get you in motion to deal with that. Um, the services, if you, uh, on a cost basis, uh, based on what you know, what state you're in, the um, plan is either for a family of uh, doesn't matter how many people. It's thirty nine dollars and ninety cents covers that entire family's legal life and identity life on a monthly basis with no contract. If you're an individual, no children, you're just uh, you know divorced, widowed, whatever the case may be, an individual can get the same program for twenty seven dollars and ninety cents a month. And it's available immediately. You can go to a website, which I'll provide when you give me give me the opportunity, Pastor, uh, to be able to provide that. People can go there right now. We'll have numbers and available. If they have questions personally, they want to see how the membership works uh, with their particular situation. We'd be glad to help people get uh, covered with this right away, folks. It's, it's something that's uh, we've never had an opportunity to have access to. It's something that you can use right now. It's it's not any it's not cost prohibitive, so you can actually get the value out of it immediately. And how this works, and people say, well, how can I get an attorney that costs three hundred dollars an hour, and I'm only paying forty bucks a month? Well, one third of what you pay goes to the law firm in your state every month. So here in Maryland, I know the numbers. We have fifty thousand people here that willingly pay, let's say, that thirty nine ninety. So one third of that, let's say ten dollars, let's just round it off goes on behalf of each member. So Legal Shield deposits in the bank account of that particular comp, uh, law firm a half a million dollars at the beginning of the month. So if 10 people call in for a problem, they've already been prepaid, excited to help you because we're the largest client in that law firm paying a monthly fee to them every month. So they're not going to treat you like a $39 customer. 
That's awesome. Let me ask you a question. From the uh, if you're a business owner, can you if you're a business owner um, or have a nonprofit, you know, a corporation or something like that, can you participate? Can they participate in Legal Shield and the services for that? Absolutely. What a uh, business owner can do, we actually have a we have specialized plans. What I just described to you is basically for a family person who just a uh, you know a person that goes to work every day, just has general situations in their life. But people who are entrepreneurs and people who have uh, traditional brick and mortar buildings, uh, businesses, you can actually we have a, a customized business program that's tailored for business owners. So the cost is uh, anywhere between thirty nine to up to one hundred and forty nine dollars a month, depending on the size of your company. But then it gives your business, you as the owner, uh, access to business related services that help businesses not only stay in business business, but for them to be able to grow the business. Now, a nonprofit, so I can be clear here, uh, we do not have a tailored plan for nonprofits directly. However, what I recommend, if you are the uh, executive director of that nonprofit, if you get a personal plan, this this nonprofit is an extension of you and some things that you're doing outside your home, that plan would still be able to assist you. All right, that's great. Now I got one more question. Then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you give out the information for um, for Legal Shield. Now you you mentioned um, what family does, well how family can participate in the cause, and um, you remember you mentioned um, services. But let's say let's say families are not really familiar, or individuals are not familiar. With the fact that you know, or put it this way, they may have the you know they may have a bank that says that they're covering the same thing. They're saying that you're paying. For example, I had a bank that I was with, and I was paying close to fourteen bucks a month, uh, supposedly for protecting my identity, you know, covering my bank and all that stuff, you know, my purchases or stolen mm-hmm. cards, whatever. And yet, someone was still able to. <laughs> To uh, infringe upon my funds and oh, wow. leave me almost—well, not almost—left me in the in the hole, and and it was my fault. And the bank did not—they did not recoup or even attempt to recoup, you know, what I had lost. Matter of fact, you know, oh they wow, just, yeah, they 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 you know they say, well, we can give you so much, but as far as the NFF charges, we don't cover that. That's 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 on you. I was like, you got to be kidding me, really. Well, uh, I can get, I can kind of address with where, where I think you're going with that. Um, I do um, feel sorry for you and what happened. Um, however, I am excited to tell you this: if you enroll for a membership today, you can actually be on the phone talking to an attorney that can probably write a letter to that bank because there's probably some law that they may, if it's not your fault, that they may be able to provide you or uh, recoup you your NSF fees, which would have never occurred if the breach hadn't have happened. And so this is a way you can actually let them know you're not playing, you're serious. Even though this is pre-existing, Legal Shield will still at no cost to you outside of what your membership cost is. They'll immediately start doing that because the services are not a waiting period. You're able to get them immediately. Now, when you to address your question about your bank's covering certain things, your bank is only covering their interest. So, yes, your bank may charge you, say, that we're going to give you some additional services on this card just to protect it against identity theft. 
But what Legal Shield's plan does is not only cover the financial end of your life, that's just one area. The other areas they cover are like your Social Security uh, identity. So if somebody's using your Social Security number to work in another state, and now they're generating income that they're not paying taxes on, your bank can't help you with that. If your medical information is compromised, your bank wouldn't be able to alert you. Legal Shield's identity theft program would alert you of any change in your medical information. Your government benefits uh, information, your criminal history. See, these are areas that people don't think about. Your driver's license uh, identity. So if your identity was compromised with your driver's license, somebody else's picture was put on your information. Now you have a DUI and you're a bus driver, and now you're out of work because of it. How do you deal with that? Legal Shield is going to actually help you get restoration through a private investigator so you can go back to work. The affidavits will be put in place to show that it's not you. So you have a professional to do all the areas versus just taking care of their own best interests. So hopefully that answers your question, uh, Pastor Neil. Uh, yeah, that answers my question. But I'm going to ask, say this one, ask one more question because uh, I, sure. I, I just thought about this. Um, uh, what is the difference between Legal Shield and um, uh, other programs such as um, uh, LifeLock? And um, what is another one I was thinking about? I just just lost it just that quick. But what's the difference between? There's several. There's several other companies out there. Uh, we always say that there are uh, competitors out there, but never any competition. And uh, what I simply mean, what's the difference between Legal Shield and LifeLock and maybe some of these other uh, organizations? All of them are going to monitor your information and alert you. That is absolutely true. Now, to the extent in which they go. That's a whole nother story. And who's doing the research and monitoring for them is where the rubber meets the road. See, Legal Shield went out to get a company called Kroll, K-R-O-L-L. And if you want to, you can go to Kroll.com. And this is the number one forensic accounting company in the world. See, the government called them in when Saddam Hussein was going around the country hiding money. When the CIA couldn't find it, they called them to go in and do the investigative accounting to find it. When the Twin Towers went down, there was gold there. Other people were taking out bodies and all the other stuff in the destruction. They had bet they were called in to get the gold out. That was their 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 thing. So Legal Shield uh, partnered with them because they're the number one company that people call, like Target and companies like that. When they're breached, we got them now on the consumer level exclusively. So this is where we, we're different. No other company can say they use Kroll, the number one company in the industry, with this. They're the ones that an individual person who has our program gets to utilize. The private investigator will be from Kroll, the number one company in the world, that would do the restoration, meaning there will be no kit sent to you with instructions on how to clear up your identity. A private investigator will assume that responsibility while you go to work, go to play, go on vacation, and you don't have to worry about it. So that's the difference, plus the cost. Uh, our program is way for an individual or a family. We cover way more than the customary $51 that LifeLock does for an entire family. We're able to cover it for what, only $19.95 as part of the, if they just got it separate from the legal plan. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, let's get this, let's get the information out to the people. How How do we, uh, how do we become a part? If you're interested in being a part of Legal Shield, how do we contact a local lawyer in the area or anything like that? And your information, 
if you don't mind, go ahead and share that. Not a problem. We um, we actually can be contacted uh, through a website. If you wanted to enroll for the program and uh, be able to utilize the membership right away, you can enroll right now, and they will provide you the law firm in your state, wherever you're enrolling from. You can go to www.cole, and that's N-I-C-O-L-E, Nicole, the number four, justice.com. Again, that's www.nicoleforjustice.com. There'll be a website there. You're, um, you can actually see uh, member uh, testimonials about using the program. You'll also be able to uh, take vid- look at video information, review anything that you have any questions about. And also, Nicole's contact information will be there as well if you need to contact her personally. But I will provide her number and my number because you will be available after this radio program to field any calls to help America get access to this. Uh, the numbers that you can dial if you like some additional information is 240-476-3550, and that will be Nicole Anthony. Or you can reach me, Ted Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, at area code 302-270-4507. So I'll repeat that again, Nicole Anthony, 240-476-3550, or Ted Wright at 302-270-4507. But definitely go to NicoleForJustice.com, get the additional information, Pastor Neil, I really want to thank you for what you do in the community and being able to get out this information for folks that are just definitely needed. Uh, Nicole's goal in our organization, Team Olympus within Legal Shield, is to help 2,016 people in this country have access to Legal Shield in 2016 through our efforts. And so we want to thank you for your participation in helping us to be able to do that. Awesome. I'm glad to be able to help the um get the word out and hopefully my audience will be able to hear and and they will consider it. I I have uh gained access to Legal Shield and I'm glad to be able to have access to it. Hopefully I won't have to use it anytime soon. But uh I'm glad that I do have the access and I'm glad uh what I have been able to enjoy uh or, or be able to enjoy because of it. So I strongly recommend it. And of course we'll have you guys back on at another time to come back in and do another pitch. <laughs> and we uh, and we'd love to do that. This is something I think everyone needs to know and at least at least at the very least, especially in the world that we live today, where injustice is manifesting itself in so many ways. We need uh uh institutions like you all, uh, organizations like you all have so that um pookie them pookie them can get what they need to get <laughs> absolutely and we love we love helping pookie and them who think that they don't have nobody's out there and nobody would listen to them or they can't even afford it and so we want uh even it don't have to be those people it can be the the, the people who do have money it's never about yeah. how much money you make it's about what you can save and that's, uh that's, we have the best exactly of the right. best for less so thank you exactly Thank you. We've been talking with uh, Mr. Ted Wright of Legal Shield and also uh, one of his business partners, Nicole. Uh, I, I she's on the line. She's just been sitting listening quietly. Thank you. Um, but anyway, so um, uh, go visit the website, Nicole for Justice, and call the numbers that were said before. And um, it's because this will be archived. You can, if you're listening to the archive show, 
uh, it's still available. You can still uh, engage them and get this get this in your corner. Get Legal Shield in your corner, and I'm telling you, be great. Thank you, Mr. Wright, for being on the show. Appreciate this, and we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, we'll get into the topic of the day. Be right back after this. of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It was the best day. It was the best day. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multipol- You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. You don't want to wait until the day before Valentine's Day to start thinking about what you're going to get, your special someone on Valentine's Day. As a matter of fact, you probably should start right now. Can I give you a little hint on what you could probably do to make that someone special happy? There's nothing better than chocolate and strawberries. I like chocolate and strawberries. So you can get your special someone chocolate and strawberries or chocolate-covered strawberries from Sherry's Berries. matter of fact, you should go to Sherry's Berries right now and check out their great selection. You know, they got stuff all you know, they got stuff for the Super Bowl and Super Bowl ain't even ready. So you can get a head start by treating your someone special to a good Super Bowl chocolate covered strawberry cake cookie, whatever you want. Yeah, you can do that. Go to varies dot com and you see the great selections that they have. And right now you can get some very good discounts too because they got good stuff going on. And if you go to that corner and see the microphone, click on that and enter a special code. And you can get some very good discounts. Go to Sherry's Berry. Uh, visit Sherry's Berries. Find out what you like. And I guarantee you, if you like it, they might like it too. So go to Sherry. Go to berries.com. Order your stuff today. Don't wait until the last minute to try to make somebody happy. Be sweet now. and You get some sweet stuff back. Berries.com. Tell them Neil sent you.
All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I hope you tuned into that first segment, and I hope you took it to heart. I hope that you get the opportunity and take advantage of the, uh, all that Legal Shield has to offer to you. But that is what it is, and um, I hope you do that. So let's get into the show topic for today. Asking about, I'm talking about accountability. I'm, I'm really, 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 you know, there's been some headlines over the years, and we we know what it's like. We 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 get the headlines every now and then. We we you know the the one preacher who caught with his or her pants down, or or the one preacher or pastor or church officer with their hands in a collection plate. You know we 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 get those headlines every now and then. But it seems to become more. Uh, it used to be sporadic. It's not as sporadic as it once was. It's becoming um, uh, just more mainstream. More churches are having problems with this, and, and it's kind of scary, actually, because um, it's only scary because not only are, is this happening more frequently, it seems to be a little bit more tolerant. Hi, Miss Lindsay. Bye, Miss Lindsay. Yeah, was one of my church members. She's a good cook. Y'all to come to New Bethel and eat breakfast every Sunday. We do breakfast here every Sunday at New Bethel Amy Church. Every single Sunday, Miss Lindsay is the hand behind the thing that gets my belly fat. I got preacher's gut and I'm proud. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Um, um it's, it's 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 happening more frequently and it's becoming more tolerant. We we are providing excuses for it. And I can tell you because I've been one of those who provided excuses for my own <laughs> behavior. And because you know it just seemed that somebody else had to share in the blame or take the blame. Or, you know, it was just easy to shift the blame. Anyway. There, there are a couple of incidents that um, that's really, really grieving me. In uh, last year, I've been covering this. Uh, there's been a um, there's been a um, feud going on between uh, in the Church of God in Christ between um, uh, Superintendent Earl Carter and the presiding bishop Charles Blake, and this is going on since uh, the fall of last year. The fall of 2014, when after during that holy convocation, if you've been following the story, you know, as the young man who video went viral said he is delivered. <laughs> he likes he don't like men's no more. He likes women, women, women. Yeah. Anyway, so during that particular event, um, uh, the preacher who preached that sermon that led to that video was Superintendent Earl Carter, and he, I mean, he went off on what he called. Uh, more behavior in the church and and he just went off he even used hard language that used to be acceptable back in the day preaching in the cultic church but is not as acceptable in the contemporary church of god in christ you know you used to be able to bash people and just condemn everybody to hell can't do that now <laughs> but anyway uh and it seemed that after he preached that uh he got a lot of a lot of slack from uh, the leaders of his uh, faith denomination. And it went all the way up to the ladder to the presiding bishop. And they have been toe-to-toe, tit-for-tat with insult and insult uh, as uh, Dr. Carter has hurled out some pretty damning accusations about church leadership, including going so far as to say that um, uh, Bishop uh, Blake was himself uh, you know, meandering in the homoerotic area 
homosexual right again. Yeah, and yeah, so and that brought on the lawsuit and all kinds of stuff has ensued. So that has grieved me. But then there's been another incident with a um, gospel artist, a Sunday's best winner, Leandria and pastor Leandria Johnson. Uh, Leandria Johnson, if you're not familiar with, she was, uh, I forget what season, uh, it's in one of the early seasons of BT gospel show, Sunday's best. She won and had a lucrative uh, recording contract. And um, I, the story is, that when she when she auditioned she she was homeless she was broke and all this stuff and and poorly dressed and so the judges discounted her but she blew them away with her her music and in, eventually ended up winning that particular season uh, but she has since had some very very public um, uh, character flaws uh, made. And one is that not long after being uh, crowned as the winner of that particular show, she got pregnant. And um, she was pregnant out of wedlock. She was not married. And, and of course, that drew a lot of this disdain from, from gospel artists. But, you know, they didn't sit her down. They didn't take away her trophies or anything like that. And shortly after that, she started her own church in the Atlanta area. Or maybe she had the church before, but, you know, it got more prominent. Uh, but um, so that that after that died down, she seemed to come, you know, have reeled herself in to conform to the ways of the gospel music industry. Only to last year have two periscopes. Oh, I mean, last year have a periscope broadcast that she did, did went viral, go viral. And that is her being drunk and cursing on her broadcast. And again, there was a public, there was a lot of public backlash from that. And um, I follow her on Periscope. And the other day, uh, she was on doing the broadcast. So I tuned into the broadcast, and I was, whew, what I saw, I couldn't believe. <laughs> Um, yeah, she had uh, some issues going on on that last broadcast, and uh, a bit of nudity actually, and so um, that that has also created some backlash. Um, and and um, she is now featured on this the new installment of the Preacher series, the Preachers of Atlanta. So people speculated that these are publicity stunts to enhance her. Um, her role or her thing, I don't, I don't know, on the show. But either way, whatever it is, it's very disheartening to see such disruption happen in Christendom, particularly in black Christendom. Why? Because uh, most people don't put their faith in the Bible as much as we would like to believe. They do, but they put their faith in the persons who they see uh, – supposedly carrying the message contained in the Bible. In other words, they a lot of people put more trust in uh, their their pastors and the uh, leaders of their church than they do in the one that they're supposed to be preaching about. And this is really sad. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. And as a pastor, I, I know that, you know, people have high expectations for uh, their pastors. 
and when they don't reach those expectations, it used to be that, um, you know, they would call you out and do stuff like, you know, you, you got to set your butt down. But now we're acknowledging that we're flawed. And there's nothing wrong with that, acknowledging that we're flawed humans. But at the same time, while acknowledging that we're flawed humans, we are restricting accountability. In other words, we're not demanding that our character and our accountability uh, are put forth as we preach or as we sing or as we do whatever we do in church or ministry leadership or just being a member, period. You know, if you're just a lay person, accountability, behavioral accountability, character matters. Uh, I get tired of hearing people saying that the church is full of hypocrites. We already know everybody's a hypocrite in some facet. We may not choose to admit it, but everyone is a hypocrite in some facet because we say or do things that we um, we say or we don't do things that we and encourage others to do or not say or something to that nature. Anyway, um, problem comes is is that when we acknowledge our humanity, we're acknowledging our right to be able to exist as we are, we humans. And, and and we have, you know, Psalm 139 gives us this 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 kind of existential insight into how much God is how aware God is aware of us. Um God is very much aware of us, our frailty and our secret sins and all of this. And the psalmist says that such knowledge is too great for us. You know, wherever we choose to go, he's already there. So just by that, constriction is, is very difficult for us to um, fully acknowledge that our character isn't where we would like it to be. But God is fully aware of that. And he seems to be cool with it. He seems to be because he doesn't destroy us at the moment without a moment's notice for thinking bad thoughts or carrying out bad actions. Ever he does he does wish for us to be accountable in that sense. He doesn't want us to just do stuff to do stuff just because we can get away with stuff. And I think we're in this age now where that is happening all too frequently in the church. And I know I'm I'm the first one. I I, I like sharing the story uh when I was a younger minister about how I fell into um a very, very sensitive issue at a, while I was pastoring a church and how the members of that church corrected their pastor without embarrassing their pastor and, and, and how their pastor, that's me, was receptive of their correction because they understood uh, you know, they they understood that they could love me into correction without battering me, abusing me. Because if you know, most time when people lash out at you or clap back at you for something, you want to clap back. You want to, you know, you just want to go go in on them, and you lose the love out of that. But I'm glad I had a congregation who understood. And while they were very very clear <laughs> in their uh, rebuke. Very, very clear in their uh, correction. Very, 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 very explicit in their correction. They did so in the love, knowing that okay, this young man, we gotta help him. We gotta help him and appreciate that. I am, 
the kind of pastor that I am today because I had members who were willing to just not let that pastor do anything he wanted to do because he was the pastor. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, when you have issues like Leandria Johnson, um, who I'm sure she loves God. I'm sure she loves ministry. I'm, I'm quite sure. Um, but when I saw what, what I saw, you know, I, I'm like, you know, sweetheart, God loves you. We can't judge you, and only God could judge you, all that stuff. But you're giving plenty of people, folk, stuff to talk about, and you don't have to do that. You're a pastor. It, you know, it, I can understand the need for attention. All of us want, and every now and then we do things for that. Whether we, it doesn't, It may not be as bad as what she did, but we do stuff to get attention of others at, every now and then. But when that attention takes away from our uh, call, that's problematic. And in, in the second periscope that she did, the follow-up periscope that she did after being new, you know, she like, so what did y'all see? What did y'all see? And I'm I'm watching and I'm like, most of them say, oh, well, I didn't see nothing. Then the others would say, oh, we saw a breast or we saw a nipple or we saw your behind. And she's like, well, yeah, I was naked. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it's like, y'all got to stop judging. And other people were saying the same thing. Why are y'all judging? And I'm like, this is not judging. This is correction. You know, judging is saying, well, you're going to go to hell just for that. And we have no authority to do that. Judging is saying, oh, well, you know what? God don't love you and God going to, God is going to forsake you for that. That's judging. But telling a person that their behavior is wrong, calling a person to accountability for what they do is not judging. That's correction. Matter of fact, that is what Christ did. Christ did not judge the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all those other E's. He did not do that. He was trying to call them into correction because they were themselves, they had a high standard that they only followed and then expected everyone else to follow suit. And when they did not follow suit, then they were putting people in condemnation. Uh, that's why he called them whitewashed tombs. You know, you look good on the outside, but you're full of corruption on the inside. You're dead on the inside. And they were even breaking their own laws in occasions, or not breaking them, but amending the laws to fit uh, <laughs> at times what they felt was only right for them. And we've been doing that as a church. And because we've become so tolerant of behavior, so welcoming and loving and all that stuff, you know, affirming a behavior, we just let anything go. I mean, I've been to churches where I've been embarrassed for some of the praise team, you know, some of the songs that they choose to sing or uh, some of the things I see them. Uh, I really have, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I just don't think stuff should be allowed in church. Some praise dancers, what y'all call praise dance, it ain't praise dancing. If it's hip hop, that ain't praise dancing. That's world. You, you know, yeah, it might look good and might bring the kids in, might give the kids something to do, but we got to differentiate that because praise should be holy, you know. And, you know, I'm just old fashioned anyway, but, you know, I don't want to see what's happening in the club. You know, the dances that they do in the club, I don't think it should be doing, done in the church doing a worship service. Now, if it's done in the church doing a, a fun activity, that's a whole different thing. But doing a worship service. And I know some people probably like, no, it shouldn't be done at the church at all. No, 
I'm not going to go that far and say that because uh, there are moments I think that our we our churches should create environments for fun, family, and you know we should be selective in some of the music that we do when we have such. But you know if you're gonna wobble, if you're gonna I don't know about this nene thing. I don't <laughs> I don't know about that dabbing or whatever. But anyway, I should not see that happening during a worship service. I don't, I don't want my kid. Don't tell me it's praise dancing. I don't want it. No, 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 no. That's just me. Shouldn't happen during the praise service, during the worship service. Now, if you want to do it during a, I don't even want it done during a special program. <laughs> I think it should only be done, you know, in events like that. But that's just me. I digress. Also, you know, you know, we have to we have to demand that our leaders be accountable. I have an accountability partner. And it's very difficult for me to share some things with my partner because it means I have to be vulnerable and transparent. I have to say that, look, I did this, and and it was wearing on I sense the conviction of the spirit, and I'm just uh, being accountable. And and James put it this way in chapter five: said, confess your faults one to another. Now, in saying that, he's not talking about. He's not talking about tell your business, but he's asking, he's talking about being accountable and being accountable leads to healing and leads to restoration and leads to uh, being able to truly and authentically minister the way that we are called to minister. You know, you know, you got it. I was at a church one time where the pastor was caught, you know, caught in infidelity and openly infidel, you know, openly adulterous and even though he divorced his wife and married his mistress, the 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 fallout from that lasted for years. <laughs> so much so that there were some members who were so unforgiving that every Sunday they came up and they say, Pastor, you're wrong. You're wrong. And they would do this on and on. And then eventually he cheated on his second <laughs> he cheated on the second wife, the mistress that he married. He ended up cheating on her. <laughs> and, and it eventually got to the point where the members were like, look, you got to get out of here. And they didn't vote him out. They just left. And they left the church. And there were, of course, more people supporting the pastor than uh, than um, than going against him. But it was funny. I, it was funny how how they were uh, how they did that. And I was like, man, y'all y'all got issues. I, I ended up leaving the church because it's just too much. You know, we were we were bringing people. I was in college, and we were bringing young uh, college students to the church by the butt van loads, you know. And we had we had a wonderful worship services, but the flawed leadership leadership turned so many away. And today, uh, if you're not aware, last weekend, this past weekend, I was in Atlanta, and I I spoke at the Black Nonbelievers Fifth Anniversary Celebration, and I was honored to be able to speak there um, and share from a from the perspective of, of a believer and a pastor, how we can work together to empower our people and enable them to to um, to seek justice and do justice and all of that. But anyway, I I was hearing the stories of these persons, most of whom were either raised in the church and several of whom were clergy, former clergy who are no longer believers and that's a whole different show. I'm gonna have to talk about I'm gonna have to invite some on so we can, you know, hear that. But um and the biggest thing that I I heard 
was the hate. And I'm not talking about just small stuff. I'm talking about outright hate that they had to experience because they said they no longer believed in in God or some whatever it may have been. And and instead of showing the love, both the show as Christians, they they show great hate, which only caused greater distance and greater resentment resentment towards the idea of organized religion and the church, whatever. I said all that to, to say that when when leaders are not brought into character accountability, when those persons who are wrestling with their their idea of belief, it just it it turns them away. It does greater harm than help. It it does greater harm than help. It causes a sense of of just restriction and restraint. Uh, it, uh, let me give you some more examples. Um, Creflo Dollar, and we talked about this on the last show. Uh, you know, Creflo Dollar goes off on a member for uh, <laughs> for ringing in the new year while he's preaching. Creflo, go, I mean, he goes off. Do you think that member is going to come back after being publicly shotted that way? No. Would that member even consider going to another church? Probably not. That person probably would never step foot in another church except for a funeral or a wedding. And that's a sad, I know that's a bit extreme and probably, you know, probably nipping but I doubt very seriously if, if that person even reaches out to Creflo Dollar that he would return, you know, and say, okay, brother, I, I'll be with you and I'm sorry. I doubt very seriously. Yeah, I doubt very seriously that would happen. But what I do believe, what I do believe is that if we had more room for transparency, to be transparent as leaders, if we had more room to be accountable, then we would. What do I mean by that? Again, when I when I started this little this little talk, I I started that with the idea that most preachers, in particular, pastors and clergy, evangelists, whatever they are, uh, are put on this pedestal and are expected, in spite of their character flaws, in spite of their very known character flaws, to be perfect. They are the you know I love hearing about the stories of those who you know they were they got saved after being in prison or they got saved after being in you know a drug addict or whatever it may be and you know the Lord changed their lives around. We have an example in the life of Doctor the Reverend Doctor uh, Zachary Timms. Zachary Timms is one of those persons who got saved after being on drugs and got saved after being in so many uh, you know in various predicaments of ill welfare. The Lord called him, cleaned him up, called him to ministry, helped him plant a church. And the church seemed to thrive until he re- regressed back into habits. You know, he was caught in adultery, his wife, and he never recovered from that. And he ended up dying because he never recovered. Now, he did have accountability team for a few, you know, that, that, that made him sit down for about six months, I think it was. That's all, you know, but they didn't really, you know, we, we, there was no process set up for him to really, really, really um, be accountable. So that when he went back into the pulpit, 
uh, Lord knows what he was wrestling with. And Lord knows that probably people thought because he was back in the pulpit that he was good. And yet while he was ready, getting ready to preach for another program, another meeting, he dies. That strikes fear to me. To know that that man had that that issue and wasn't able to be transparent enough, didn't have anyone that he could be transparent enough. Maybe he was with his wife. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's inference there. But what I do know is that when we have room, more room to be transparent as leaders in the church, we have more room to be accountable. And we're talking about this financial thing, you know, it always grieves me when churches uh, go through, when preachers steal from the church or take advantage of the finances of the church. You know, I know most people think about these wealthy preachers who buy planes and million-dollar houses uh, like we learned with e, uh, David E. Taylor and his little fiasco last year before Christmas when the uh, – when his deposition tape for leak or whatever. But there's a story, and I got this story from Church for Revolution, of a pastor in Arizona. You can go to the website, Church for, Church Folk Revolution or Pimp Preacher or something like that. Uh, um, it tells the story of this, this pastor who uh, raped a 17-year-old girl that he had, that he had you know, befriended or taken in, um, and he raped her. And he's on the run now. You know, the, the cops are looking for him because of what he had done. And his members were, some were aware and did not report it. And <laughs> the writer in this particular story uh, suggests that members should be arrested. <laughs> because if they're aware of such such pedophilia or such uh, immorality, and they don't report it. They should. They're culpable also. You know, there's a law that if you're accessory to after the fact, you know, you can get arrested for being in charge for accessory after the fact. Uh, and I think in many of our churches is that way. And we need to, we really need to pull back the covers and call in accountability. Now I'm the first one to be. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I try to be accountable. I'm, I'm not trying to just to get get my way or, or talk about anyone. I'm, I'm the first one because uh, we're all flawed. We all have our character flaws. And just because you have a character flaw does not mean that that character flaw should cause your demise. And we can go through plenty of biblical stories and see plenty of biblical, biblical characters with character flaws. We're born with it. We're human. We're all born in an uh, we're uh, shaped in iniquity, born that way. And if you believe in the concept of original sin, then there, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, except for the re- redeeming uh, work of Christ uh, on the cross. Uh, you know, that washes away your sin, uh, that that cleanses you, and uh, reconciles you to the Father. Yeah, that that is what it is. But we have to create that atmosphere for for transparency and accountability. We cannot continue to just accept carnality and just say, well, 
it's the way things are, or this is the new trend, and this is what we should. No, we, we don't have to accept that. We are the ones who are called to raise the standard. We are called out of darkness into marvelous light. We are the ones who let our light so shine so men see our light and are drawn to the Father. That's what it's about. There cannot Darkness and light cannot exist in the same spot. I'm in my office right now, and I see rooms where the doors are open and doors are closed, but the light of the highway is in. And even though those doors are closed, the lights might be off in those doors, but the light is still seeping into door under the because the whole door, <laughs> you know, the bottom of the door is getting a little light. The cracks of the door is getting a little light. There's still light getting in there, even if there's darkness. And, and you know, perhaps that wasn't the best analogy or best. You know, I'm just saying this. That was the the one I could just do right off the top. Um, but what we must do is be. Uh, we don't need to be condemning because there's no there is no condemnation according to Romans eight one. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. But remember, in that same chapter that we love to quote about no condemnation, he also talks about the carnal minded person. To be carnally minded is to be an enemy of God. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean God hates you? No. No, it doesn't mean God hates you. It doesn't mean God hates your action. Maybe. Maybe it does mean God hates your action. But he also hated when David went against his counsel and did a census. He also hated when uh, Abraham went against his counsel and brought Lot. When he was told to bring no one, or when he went into, uh, he allowed his wife Sarah to give her, give him her uh, maiden to sleep with. You know, it's a lot of stuff. But in reality, we just need to be accountable. We should be demanding accountability. If we know the books ain't right, we should be demanding. I don't know why Baptist churches do this, but they'll let the pastor. Some Baptist churches will let the pastor get away with anything until he touched the money. When he touched the money and the money looked funny, man, they ready to get him out. But character matters. Character is the thing that will draw people to the Lord. Character, and you don't even have to have, you don't have to have to be, you know, sanctification is great. That's what we should be preaching, sanctification and holiness, and that is lost in our current vernacular. In the current charisma of Christianity, black Christianity, that's lost. And I do understand it because, again, it was presented more from a legalistic perspective. Do this, don't do this, go here, don't go here. And we're a little, we're a little more liberal now as far as what we know. What we understand that we can do with that won't send us to hell. But at the same time, you know, we don't need to be just out there just to be out there because we can be out there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, I believe it says this, that um, you are free indeed, but do not use your freedom, your liberty as an occasion to sin. You don't want to do that. Yes, you are liberated through Christ, and you are set free, and you are all this stuff. But don't let that newfound liberty be an occasion to cause you to sin. Then in chapter 1, verse 6, 
I mean, verse verse one of chapter six, it says, you know, if you do see someone who is overtaken in the fault, you are spiritual. Go to such a one and consider your own self, lest you also fall into that temptation. Those are the things that we have to consider. Those are the things we have to create place for. We want we want people to come to the church. We want well, not to the church. We want people to come to Christ. We want people to be disciples of the Christ. We must ourselves represent the Christ as we want him to be seen. So if we're going to be sanctified, we're going to be set apart. Yes, we can engage in things that because we're in a different world, different time. We, we ain't in the biblical time. You know, there's a whole lot, whole different time schematic. We, we're not there. But we should, however, be willing to engage this present age, serve this present age, our calling to fulfill. That's what we should be doing. I'm running out of time. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, um, while, I'm, while I'm doing this, before I do this, I, I do... I do want to encourage you who are listening, you know, don't be down on yourself or don't be down on your leader because they're flawed or you're flawed. It's human. However, realize that you can be accountable. The whole spirit, the Holy Spirit, the part, the part of his role is to convict you of sin. Part of his role. That's part of his responsibility as an indwelling being in you. It's to convict you of sin uh, and to help you realize that uh, that you, you're, you're going against the reconciliating grace of God. Yeah, He is still merciful and grace. You can't, He won't take that away. He's still compassionate and faithful towards you. But in the process, you are to allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that, as Paul writes in Galatians five, you know, uh, you will not longer fulfill the desires of the flesh. Whatever that. Those works of the flesh may be that he lists beginning in verse 18 down to verse 21. Um, whether those are, you are no longer dominated by them. You don't continue in sin that grace will abound. God forbid you don't do that. But yet you yield yourself as a vessel. You yield yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, not to men, but to God. Yet accountable to men. You must be accountable to God as well as to accountable to men. Because these are the ones that you're trying to draw. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Um, next week, we're going to have another wonderful topic. And uh, if you're uh, anywhere in the Jackson area, I want to invite you to Jack, to come and join me at the New Bethel Amy Church, Jackson, Mississippi. We service every Sunday at 11. Also, if you have not done so, I want to invite you also to purchase a copy of my book. Uh, a breach in the family. Get that copy. We got another book that we are working on. We hope to have it done. Uh, working title is Preaching Fallacies. We did a show about it, and we're going to come back and uh, hopefully have that manuscript ready, and we'll uh, be promoting that. But if you haven't gotten a copy, get a copy. You can go to my site, LorenzoTNeal.com, and um, purchase a, a copy there. Or if you uh, uh, don't want to get a copy there, you can go to Amazon as well as Kindle copy. Get a copy on your, for your Kindle device or uh, tablet. Get it there. So I, I really appreciate you who do that. Uh, visit the website, LorenzoTino.com. Visit the Facebook page. Like the show on Blog Talk Radio slash Sierra today. Like the show. Like the show. Subscribe to the show. You get updates and uh, what we're doing. You also can 
see the archive shows. Anyway, we appreciate all that you've done and allowed us to do uh, these years. And as we get out of here, we do pray God's choices, blessings on you. Today is my big brother Kevin's birthday. Happy birthday, bro. I hope it's a good win. I'm going to get out of here. May you have a great, great Wednesday.